Welcome to For the Love of Brantford, a podcast about the evolving story of our community. This podcast is for everyone who holds a place in their heart for our beautiful city. I'm Nathan Etherington, the Program and Community Coordinator for the Brant Historical Society. I'll be sharing some information from the Brant Historical Society archives and other sources to share some history that you may not have learned in school. And I'm Andy Samwell, president of the Eagle Place Community Association, and I'm passionate about community. And for me, you'll hear about what's happening in our community now. And I'm Zila Ozels from the Brantford Public Library. I'll be speaking with experts to get an idea of where our community is going. If you have any questions or comments that you would like to share with us, fill in our feedback form on the podcast website at brantfordlibrary.ca slash FLB. We hope you join us each episode as we learn from each other and explore Brantford's past, present, and future. This is a bonus episode with a full interview between myself, Zila, and Rebecca Jamison. Can you please introduce yourself? Hello, um, my name is Rebecca Jamison. And I serve as the president and CEO at Six Nations Polytechnic. I'm a member of Six Nations, the Grand River, and I'm a Tuscora. Um, I lived, have lived here most of my life and worked in education for most of my life as well in communities. So give you an idea of who I am. Can you tell us about the STEAM Academy at SNP and why it's described as a new model of education? Well, the STEAM Academy um, at SNP is... Um, it basically started out as an initiative to provide opportunities for our students at the high school level to learn and get their high school diploma in a culturally supportive environment, one that is very focused and, and based on our culture, our values, and our language. And um, we um, partnered with um, the private sector. We built a relationship with um, IBM, and IBM started a school in the States called PTEC. And it had a model where you took high school and you took um, post-secondary education at the same time. So we had a conversation about that. And then we decided here at uh, Six Nations Polytechnic that we would start the program, but do it in our own way so that we made sure that we have our culture, our language and our values embedded in the programming, but still have that aspect around the technology, the STEM areas, um, you know, science, technology, engineering and math. We added the A for arts because we see art as its own, its own form of science and, and its own form of looking at the world and seeing it um, through different eyes. So yeah, we started the program, um, as I said, to create opportunities for our learners to have more success at the secondary school level. At the time, our students were not doing very well in the public school system. Um, the completion rate of graduates was quite low. Uh, in comparison to non-Indigenous students. So that was probably the, the, most, the most important driving factor for it. So your original question was, why is it a new model of education? Well, it's for several reasons. It's number one, it's a high school, college combined program. It's education based on Indigenous worldview, um, culture, values, and, and so on, and language. So it is a new model of education. Um, we also welcome non-Indigenous students with us because we want to build relationships with, with those that we share the land with. So um, for too long, there's not been an understanding of Indigenous peoples and, 
And uh, so this way, we welcome people to other students to learn with us. And um, it's proving to be quite successful, actually. How does the program embed Indigenous culture and values? And you were also saying the language and worldview. Well, um, it's done in many different ways. You know, the, the culture, the values and the language is embedded in many different ways. If you go to the if you go to the campus now, you're going to see posters of the values everywhere. They're also those values are integrated into how we interact with the students, how we try to model that uh, human dynamic with students so that they will do that with each other. And it, we intentionally focus on on how that behavior is guided by the values of students demonstrating particular values are acknowledged by the school, like they actually have a process that they go through that. In terms of Indigenous knowledge, there's always a layer of, you know, what is the Indigenous knowledge related to knowledge that we might know in Western worlds? So we try to parallel it and match it. So there's an understanding that there's more than one knowledge system. You know what I mean? So we try to make sure that students um, are mindful of that. And, um, and look to that as they continue to learn throughout life. And we're going through, we're actually formally going through our courses and making sure that that's articulated clearly in courses so that it's not just happenstance or coincidental or relying on just that particular teacher, but it's actually going to be part of the full, the full curriculum and, and, the, and the pedagogical approach that's taken. And this fall, we're doing something quite unique. The grade nines coming in are going to have what we call like an integrated program in the fall semester. They're not going to be taking four distinct courses. They'll be taking integrated learning. So they will get four credits, but it'll be done based on um, an interdisciplinary approach, I guess you would say. We're doing this for a number of reasons. Number one, this approach to learning, this pedagogical approach to learning is very is very um, aligned with our worldview and how we see the world and how you would approach learning anyway um, from, from a practical perspective. And why do you learn? It's you learn to be able to do something, to be able to you know achieve something in real life. So um, there's going to be several, so I guess you might want to call it themes or topics that are going to be examined through the fall. But in there, they will have like, they're, they will be doing different, you know, those four courses are going to be done over the span of the, that semester. So we think that this will be an excellent transition for the grade nines, especially after the COVID years, you know, learning online. And, and we know that students were not always well engaged online. And in our community, we're also challenged by connectivity issues. So many of our students, I know we're not fully engaged at the high school level because of that. We tried to pivot as much as we could and we had, you know, but when you don't have the connectivity, it's it's pretty hard. So are the students really prepared, you know, to take on a full grade nine curriculum, doing it in this way, learning in this way? Um, we'll also be able to support them with additional supports outside of the classroom, outside of those formal uh, instructional hours um, to make sure they're bridged into, I guess you would call it the traditional high school you know, course by course, come the second semester, they'll they'll transition into that next. It's kind of, in a way, it's kind of like being in a grade eight homeroom, you know what I mean, with a teacher who teaches all the subjects, in a way, but it's more focused on the learning experience will be around a subject matter, it'll be around an experience, 
And from that experience will be the language skills will be learned. And so, you know, the art will be applied and so on. And it will all be tracked for learning outcomes. So as well as the Indigenous knowledge learning outcomes, you know, language will be integrated in that. And the dynamics of how values guide people's conduct will be evident in the day-to-day relationships between learners and the the teachers and the learners. So we're really really excited for it. And uh, yeah, so we think even that's going to be a a new dimension to the new model of education. So much of what you said just makes so much more sense for when you think about like what happens after school. And that's kind of like brings me to my next question is for what kind of future is the STEAM Academy preparing your students for? Well, I guess in the in the formal sense, you know, I mean, we, we do we do what we call pathways. We develop pathways for students. So initially we developed a pathway into the computer science area, you know, the Internet of all things and preparing them to work in that area. And we have high school graduates now who are actually doing that. You know, they're actually we actually have some interns with IBM now who have graduated from STEAM. But that's one of the pathways. But the other pathways that we're looking at in the technology area And it's based on the learning experience of our students. Our students are keenly, many of them are keenly interested in trades. We're fortunate because on our campus there at the Six Nations uh, Bradford campus, we do have trades programming. So the students are able to start trades courses right away. And, you know, by the time they're done their high school, you know, they have exposure to a a good amount of trades and they can continue on to their pre-apprenticeship and apprenticeships. So that's the second, that's the second pathway we're looking at. The third pathway, like almost, almost all of those STEAM acronyms and letters, you know, certainly the arts is another one that we're developing. We have some very talented artists, not just visual artists, but performing artists. Our students last year, they were involved in what was called Outside Looking In. It's a dance theater organization that is, it's a not-for-profit and it works within First Nations students from across the country. Ollie, outside looking in, will send instructors to your school if you sign up and they they work with the students to do dancing. And this is like kind of like I would call it like hip hop stuff, you know, for the first year last year, we had students sign up and they went through the program and um, ended up performing on June 21st at the Meridian Center in Toronto. And it was just an absolutely amazing, fabulous show to see these First Nations kids from all over Canada together and especially our kids out there you know, performing Indigenous and non-Indigenous alike, working together and dancing together. And that feeling of accomplishment in the arts was just fantastic. So we expect it's going to grow even more this year now that, you know, those trailblazers have, you know, shown what can be done. Those are those are the pathways that are currently being developed. And as I say, they're developed based on the student's interest. And then the other piece, and I would say the bigger, broader thing that we're preparing our students for for the future is to know that they can continue to learn, to love to learn. And that's, I think that's the best way we can prepare them is give them a positive learning experience, help them build their personal self-confidence, their own skills for learning and their own skills for communicating and getting along with other people. And in that way, they're really going to be prepared for the future. You know what I mean? So to become very involved in their communities, you know, and participate in projects. Um, We have students been involved in what we call the water project right now. And they've been working with two universities and they've done some mapping. Um, We use a a program called Terra Stories. They've mapped 
the Grand River from, you know, our traditional territory, the Grand River, they've mapped it all using our languages. And these students are, you know, talk about hands-on, you know, purposeful learning. This is the kind of experience that they'll carry with them for the rest of their life because they know they're capable of doing so much. I'll stop there. <laughs> Once I get on the wall, it's kind of like... <laughs> I mean, as a person who works in a library, I like what you were saying about the positive learning and lifelong learning just resonates so much. And it's exciting to hear that going on, because I think definitely like we see people coming into the library who don't have those positive learning experiences and they're a little deterred from that. But I mean, it sounds like you're doing a lot of very interesting and great things that I wish I had experienced in school um and so my final question is just kind of like how do you make sure that you're continuing to develop along with you know technology and the society and cultural changes well that's that happens at many different levels like i know um with our with our staff our teaching staff i mean they're they stay current you know in terms of the technology they're always always learning they themselves are lifelong learners they're modeling it for the students um, you know, in terms of societal changes, I know that the students are very active in being aware of and discussing social issues and sometimes talking about, you know, their role in that. So we want to encourage them to feel empowered to be involved. Um, and then in terms of the cultural changes, I'm not really sure what that means, but we do have our, um, our knowledge carriers engaged with the, with the school. You know, in addition to our, our teachers from the community who themselves are knowledge carriers and language speakers, you know, culture does does evolve a bit over time, but there are some foundational pieces that do not change. So, I mean, it's very much just a part of the school. It's part of the learning experience. And, um, you know, if you come there in the morning, we open with a Thanksgiving address, which is um, in the language and the students understand it and the students can actually do it on their own now. Guests come, they greet them in the language and it's in the contemporary situation now. Yeah, so we're pretty, pretty proud of the kids. Thank you for listening to this episode of For the Love of Brantford. You can find all the episodes at brantfordlibrary.ca slash FLB, including the show notes where we list references, share images, and provide resources to continue your exploration of Brantford. We are your hosts, Mandy Samuel, Nathan Atherington, and Zila Ozels. This is a podcast in partnership with the Eagle Place Community Association, the Brant Historical Society, and the Brantford Public Library.